podcast not as brethren as you might think <laughs> i think there's some confusion out there in listener lands that we right. are pushing an agenda mm. which jackson seems to think is not a bad idea as brethren. i don't either no okay go on <laughs> <laughs> that we are just like catering to this tiny little audience and that's not true we welcome Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do we welcome some Baptists? <laughs> I love are, some. Are, <laughs> like Westboro Baptist is part of that, so I got to be careful. Yeah. Who else? Qualify it. Church of Christ. Church of Christ, um, because they're the Church of, of Christ. Christ. So, <laughs> and today we have reached out the proverbial hand hmm. to the Christian Reformed Church. Yeah. This is big news. Huge news. We are welcoming today... Hello, my name is Colin Gelderman. Colin Gelderman. Hi, Colin. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good. I had some hesitation, but uh, you guys proved me that I, I can be here. Yeah. So did you come in thinking that you're going to convert us, that we'll proselytize towards... Do you Christian have reform? an agenda? <laughs> well, when I heard your... Answer your, the question. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw your podcast was called Desiring Brethren, I was like, okay, so what are their guys' agenda? Like, brethren's, obviously. So, mm-hmm. Desiring God was taken, so they can't be Desiring God right now. Yes. So. And don't sue us, John Piper, <laughs> for that. But I was talking to Tanner, some of my... Uh, concerns and yeah uh yeah he he, he persuaded me so i'm here but uh colin mm. is a good friend of ours who well we went to bethel with back in the day most of us right yep. bethel bible camp yeah. and went to mount carmel bible school with us where i got to know him a bit better mm. and then disowned us all mm-hmm. <laughs> went to a place <laughs> that i shall not name until our second episode but abandoned everything good in the world. Went there, but has returned from... Well, I'm actually just back from Belgium. My wife and I are studying there at a Pente- Pentecostal school. Mm-hmm. Alert! <laughs> Alert! <laughs> Get the sirens. No, that's the censor. The censor picks up Pentecostal. <laughs> Study at the... It's like a Bible metal school. detector, but a Pentecostal detector. Yeah, no, you've been gone to Belgium for a year, so it's crazy that you're back. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. cool. And Colin emailed me and said, I need to be on the podcast. And we like that that Dutch assertiveness. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. So if you need to be on the podcast, let us know. We'll throw rocks at you and say that we don't want you, yeah. but really, you just have to perse- yeah. persevere. Yeah. It's like uh, in ancient monasteries, right? To get into the monastery, they'd make you like you'd knock on the door. And you'd have to sit there knocking for like three days yeah. as they said, no, 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 go away. We don't want you. They'd mock you. And, and then stuff. you'd kept it and they'd mock you and insult you and you'd stay there and stay there. Uh, Eventually the door would be opened onto you. That's a terrible <laughs> system. At first I thought I had to do the Martin Luther approach and posting thesis on the door. <laughs> <laughs> we would have approved. He yes. went, uh, yeah, right. Colin has a few distinctives about him. I think Colin more than most of the people I know has existed within a ton of different subcultures and actual cultures. Um, He's traveled a ton of places, Mm. spent time there. He's done different denominational Bible schools. He's been to different churches. Mm. 
and I love that about him because he has this cool perspective on all of them where he kind of can see he's not so immersed as we are in one tradition. And one thing that is very distinctive that I want to talk about today is Colin grew up in a little town, Hamlet. Town? Village? Hamlet. Hamlet. Commune? Is What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Careful. Careful uh, you might be with a little name called Nearlandia. Mm. What do we know about Nearlandia? Dave, what did you hear about Nearlandia growing up? I heard that they were about 100 years behind <laughs> technology-wise. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Anything else? They're all Dutch. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can confirm uh, each one if it's right. true. Yes. Uh, the Dutch part is true. Yeah. <laughs> the technology... Uh, more like 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got the rotary phone. We have the rotary phone. Jack, you actually go to their feeder school oh, in yeah, Edmonton totally. when their That's kids true. go away out into the world. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Amish, like, yeah. what's that one year that the Amish people, when they're 21... They all do cocaine and heroin and stuff. And it's like it's like Entmoot or something. I don't know what it's <laughs> called. But that's like when people go to Big Bad Edmonton, yeah. the Dutch have set up a Bible college yeah. for them to go to, yeah. which Jackson attends. Well, attend Christian University, but it is the feeder school major. They they have scholarships at King's specifically for people that are from Nearlandia. Like that's one of the criteria to get the scholarship. If you were raised in Nearlandia or the Barhead area. And I'm just like, I was in Westlock. Like, why can't I get this scholarship? And that that's, has And I have blue eyes and blonde hair. And yeah, <laughs> I could all qualify. That's, well, all that's, your... that's discrimination. Like, you know, mm. people from Westlock are still okay. So, mm. Colin, you've actually brought genetic diversity back to Nearlandia because you're living there right yeah. now. And you've gotten a wife from abroad, which the gene pool is rather shallow <laughs> there. And I'm sure they very much appreciate that. Nice. Well, m- my dad was scared of actually me finding someone across the ocean. So yeah. Huh. yeah, of course your dad was probably afraid of you finding someone in the next town over too. So. <laughs> dad has a lot of fears. <laughs> the, the next house over. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. So, um, Nearlandia, if you don't know, is a very Christian community. Dutch immigrants. Um, it's been settled for a long time. I don't know if people speak a lot of Dutch there, do they? Uh, the older generation, some. But yeah, you might know a few words, but not much. No, not yeah. really. But yeah, kind yeah. of uh, everybody kind of goes to church. Most people in the community. Um, there's a general morality within the mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. People are hardworking farmers, Protestant worth ethic kind yeah. of thing. And it is like a Christian bubble. And I know that has negative connotations when mm-hmm. I say Christian bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you just live in a Christian bubble. But, like, it's a very specific community that fosters intimate growth in Christianity mm-hmm. without a lot of diversity, which is interesting because there's not very many of those anymore. Yeah. Or we could argue that there's more than there ever wow. has been. I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. But with cities and with uh, immigration, there's not as many places like Nearlandia. So we want to talk about Christian bubbles and mm-hmm. kind of draw on Colin's experience of what is it like to live in a Christian bubble? Okay, give us a snapshot of what it was like growing up there first. Well, it was pretty much the place that I knew. It was my hometown. It, I didn't really know any other cultures outside of Nearlandia that much. Like, obviously, you go to Barhead and Edmonton a few times, but everyone kind of had the same idea of who God was. You go to church every Sunday. And that was just assumed, like, you're going to go to church sort of thing? Yeah, it wasn't really much of a debate. It was like, that's what you do on a Sunday. You just go Did to everyone know who didn't go to church? Like, was it that intense? Because Newlandia is like, 
not that small that you might know everybody's name. Like, uh, I'm younger, so I don't know everyone's name, but my right. parents know a lot of people. Okay. And if someone doesn't go to church for a while, then there might be suspicion. Yeah, you might notice. Yeah. Colin, I want to ask you, what do you see as like the benefits and any of you, if because we mm-hmm. all have Christian bubbles. I mean, we're talking about Nearlandia because it's like a special case. Sometimes when I'm trying to describe Alberta to non-Albertans, I say like, okay, like Fort McMurray is like Alberta, but on steroids. Everybody has a truck and everybody works in the oil industry. And so it's kind of like this symbol of Alberta. Yeah. And in the same way, Nearlandia is almost the symbol of the Christian bubble right? because it's very yeah. extreme, but everybody's got one, yeah. right? So what is a benefit? What did you, if you grew up, any of you guys in a Christian bubble, what did you appreciate about it? Uh, well, I'll just start off. And I think everyone has the same kind of like idea of morality, like stealing is wrong. Like right. you, you yeah. work, you work hard for what you have and appreciation of God and uh, just looking out for one another. Um, there's yeah, just a real sense of community. Just yeah. Even seeing that stuff modeled that mm-hmm. we would say probably all of society should have these civil values of yeah. care and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, so like I, I think that definitely shaped my opinion on mm. just just like yeah, working hard and trying to do the best you can. Like not not trying to like get advantage of someone, if that makes sense. Like Yeah, yeah I mean it's it's like that. Every it's it's good to grow up where like every almost everyone around you is sort of pushing you towards God and teaching you, trying to make you grow in that way. They might be a little bit there might be some times where they're doing it in a bad way or something, but I don't know. it's it's good that everyone is pushing you towards God. Would you say that about other homogenous societies that maybe aren't Christian? Yeah. You know, because there are Hindu, very homogenous societies where everybody's pushing you towards that, where we would almost say like, boy, we wish there was more diversity in your community yeah. so you could hear our message. I mean, when a Christian missionary comes into those villages, they're bringing diversity mm-hmm. into a bubble. They're popping the bubble through their presence almost. Right. And we would say, that's a good thing because we think that your bubble is about the wrong thing. Exactly. So it's like, is it just because we think we had the right bubble or just in general, it's good to have whatever values your community has fostered? I'm just curious. I'm just putting a devil's advocate. Well, like with my small community, because like there really isn't that much uh, diversity. Um, And I think because of the lack of diversity, people feel this might come out wrong, but safer. Like Mm -hmm. they understand everyone. Um, Everyone's, yeah, just the the same point of view as they are. And like this isn't just safety and just thinking, but just as a kid, I never questioned crossing the road or walking to school or anything of like that. Car. Yeah, Locking, which yeah. people dream about having, yeah. right? That's mm-hmm. so, that's amazing. So I still kind of have that mindset of safety, and I think it's a little. I I, sh- I need to be careful at times because like not everyone's, not everyone grew up in Irlandia. So. <laughs> Do you lock your car? <laughs> Did you have to learn? <laughs> There's a couple times in Edmonton where I didn't lock my car. When I went to Mount Carmel and I, okay. my, my car was stolen from. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> I was awesome. like, I had a brutal awakening. <laughs> oh. Yeah, totally. 
I, I don't like to say this answer, but sometimes it's cop out. But the balance thing, like being right, ra- like there's not only like what you said, there's not just like Christian bubbles, but there's sheltered communities. They just aren't healthy. And I'm, I'm not super prone to the whole individualistic, like you need to have all these options because you got to choose who you want to be. But like either way, you're going to be a result of your environment. And whether that was like a, a, a diverse environment that you chose to be a part of a certain thing of it, or whether it was a, a singular environment where you had no choice to be otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, one other thing I thought about was like, Bubbles are good as spring if you see them as springboards for engagement, mm-hmm. like Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. It's you have a very tight community within your class, but it's not so that you can only hang out with them for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It's so that you learn how to spread yourself. So in Nearlandia can be a great thing for that, where it's like, oh, it fostered all these values in me, and now I can go share those. Mm-hmm. So that's a great thing about a Christian bubble. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what a home is. A home, if you're, it's a Christian home, that's a small Christian bubble. Mm. That's very intentional because by fostering that, you can go do things. Mm. Oh, oh, one other thing I thought of was to preserve culture. A lot of groups like Jewish groups live that's in bu- bubbles, very close, tight-knit communities because they do not want... Like, that's sort of honestly like the Bible. Like, one of the reasons, yes, they were in the cities with other people, but they had very distinct cultures... And that's how they survived Babylonian captivity and things like that is because they didn't integrate fully. And uh, that's one of the reasons why Judaism was still a thing when Jesus came, right? So mm. I think it's a huge benefit in that way. Right. Um, or First Nations communities. You can say whatever you want about reserves, but in some ways they're like one of the only ways these communities who have been decimated by residential schools and beating languages out of people Mm. it's one of the only ways they can still preserve their culture is to have a separate area so there is that benefit i don't know now let's talk about what are some maybe like uh, not as beneficial things maybe he uh, hindrances i don't know (laughs) i think the lack of uh diversity like everyone's just not the same, but they have the same faith, uh, pretty much reformed faith. And so going out and even going to Mount Carmel, uh, being with people from different denominations and yeah. trying to learn different things and trying to compare different ideas between the two and being a little frustrated, I guess, yeah. uh, with just the different ideas. Not not to like a, an extreme extent just that you hadn't been exposed to these other ideas yeah 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 and so the more i was outside of nearlandia the that's where i got just more understanding of the difference in people yeah and it's hard to find that in nearlandia mm-hmm. or in a any you know, small town like that do you think living in a community where everybody goes to church makes for weaker christianity in general like or do you think there's still going to be as many strong christians as a diverse society but the other ones might believe they're christians and maybe they're not well it's it's a very safe place uh the bible talks about where there's persecution faith will grow um and i think people get very complacent they don't stretch themselves they don't Mm -hmm. try and grow in their faith as much like this isn't everyone yeah i just wonder if that's just like a worldwide problem where there's there's a strong christians in nearlandia and there's the strong christians in a persecuted place like right 
there's it, just that other group that e- kind yeah. of is hanging on that it's easier to go along with the christian mindset even if you're not an actual christian did you feel like you did that for a while yeah for a lot of my teenage years like uh it was just my just the way of life that's just the way i was raised like christianity i didn't really understand too many other ideas uh and mount carmel really challenged me in that and yeah where do you end up now and obviously i think in 10 years it might be different i often think i am probably biased against christian bubbles right now Mm. i think diversity is so worth it and not even christian bubbles bubbles in general especially living in vancouver vancouver is one of the most like isolated urban communities because everybody has their tiny subculture slice yeah. and nobody enters into anyone else's. Mm. So like it's an urban community and yet you could just hang out with people who share all of your views, yeah. whether they're super liberal, super conservative, even on like Facebook. I have friends who are like, like, do you have any Trump supporters on your Facebook? And they're like, no, I've just blocked all those people. So oh, it's like right. all you have on your newsfeed is people who agree with your ideas like where i'm somebody who's like no you really should have the trump people drive you nuts on your facebook because you need to hear them and you should have some super liberals on your facebook like don't narrow yourself into a bubble so that's my bias but i do wonder when i have kids whether i'm gonna be like oh now i get it now i want a safe place for my kids to grow up a small town a homogenous society where do you fall on that spectrum? Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I, I do think people should be exposed to different views. Like, I think the problem we have with denominations right now is that people want to stick to their own group of, mm-hmm. of people that agree with them. And, you know, not saying anything bad about the Brethren yeah. or the Christian Reformed. There's differences, but I'm not saying in any of us are less of a Christian because we believe yeah. in something different. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I think you need to be, yeah, aware of the different choices out there. Like if you're only, if you only have one idea about something, that's the only idea that you're actually going to come out with. You don't, you don't challenge yourself in the different views. And so getting rid of Trump supporters on your Facebook, I think you're damaging yourself. I land in a space of like, I get your, I I, like when I have kids, it's going to be different. But I think that with Tanner or myself, who were just like, it's it was okay with me because I turned out okay. Like I yeah. was able to take in all the diverse stuff, and I still chose the right one, and I ended up there. But like my kids might not be able to do that. Yeah. Like they might not have the same resilience or the same whatever. So like you do end up forming yourself into a little niche group. But I think there there could be a distinction that we can make. Like don't shelter your kids like so much that there's no diversity whatsoever. Sure. Uh, but yeah. bring it on according to their age yeah like i'm having a bit of a trouble because i think i'm i grew up in less of a bubble than all three of you really that's the yeah. oh because you grew up in the city i yeah. like what i'm saying is all the negatives that were thrown out there about bubbles like i grew up with a christian family and in the church but i still got exposed to all the yeah. other things yeah. out there uh that's and true. that was just a place i could come back to and I wonder if it's because none of us four grew up with a non-Christian family in a very broken community who would be like, 
I really appreciate Christian Bubbles. Yeah. And the people that come out of Inirlandia are some of the greatest people I know. Mm. And I want my kids to go and learn from them. You know, like, we just didn't, exp- like, none of us grew up with the opposite of the Christian Bubble. Yeah. Or it'd be like, man, I wish my, I want my kids to have what I didn't. Yeah. You know, we're, we're a little limited around the table. <laughs> we need someone. Except for Dave. <laughs> this cred. Yeah. A wild I one. just think, like, he when had a when black I think friend. Of, <laughs> when I think of what? when I think of like Christian bubble, I think like Nearlandia. It's a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody's a Christian. Yeah. Like what I grew up in wasn't a Christian bubble. Okay. Are you friends with any Muslims? I knew lots of them and talked with. Lots See, of them then you didn't. Gr- you grew up with diversity. Yeah. 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 When's the, who's the first Muslim you met? These aren't judgment questions. Yeah. These are wonderings. I'm I'm curious myself. It was probably uh, for me like past high school. There was nobody in our draw center, anybody who was Muslim or yeah. Nova Scotia. The I, first like time I talked to a black person, like not just like going west end and seeing someone actually had a conversation. I was sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Oh no! In Nova Scotia, we had some okay. kids who celebrated Ramadan, and I like asked about that because I didn't know what that meant. Hmm. But that would probably be yeah. junior high for See, me. Like my elementary school was had the Arabic program. Yeah, so one, yeah. You one grew up super diverse Southside community, right? right. So yeah, no. Yeah. Honestly, like if I think about it, I only talked to like one or two like a couple yeah. of years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. No. So in that way, that is a bubble, and mm-hmm. it's like it has its negatives that we can see, but also its positives. Mm-hmm. All right, I have a little quiz for Colin. Good. Just Finally for Colin, uh, we will each give questions. I'll pass around the phone here. Sure. Uh, I <laughs> last night. At about 3 (laughs) a.m., started reading The History of Nerlandia, a book called A A Furrow Laid Bear. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, he's read it. He's going to get all these right. Was that like part of the curriculum? (laughs) No, it was the only history we ever did. Wow. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But you know what it is. Yeah, I've read it. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, dang it. Oh, he's going to get... Well, let's challenge him. I skimmed like this 600-page book. Well, most of it is like the history of like uh, the family. Oh, I know. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So anyway, I drew some questions out of there. And we are going to challenge you on your Nearlandia knowledge to see how bubble-fied you really were. Hmm. Are you ready? I'm ready. In 1911... The Dutch were offered how much free land if they settled in Nearlandia? 40 acres, 100 acres, or 160 acres? 160 acres. Ding, ding, ding. How was land distributed? Land distribution decided? First come, first serve, applying to the district manager at Fort Assiniboine, or drawn by lots? I'm going to go with first come, first serve. And it was drawn by lots. Drawn by lots. Drawn by lots. I thought that was so cool. That is actually really neat how it's completely unbiblical. So. <laughs> oh, don't even. <laughs> what was the other name for Nearlandia that lost by, that was lost by vote in 1912? So they voted over the name in 1912 as a community. I remember was reading it, this section. <laughs> was it Nederland? 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 Dutch Town? Hollandia? Or Gelderland. I want to say Gelderland because the beginning of my Gelderman, but it's a province. Gelderman. Yeah, it's a it's a province in in the Netherlands. I'm gonna go with Hollandia. 
You got it right? Yeah. Really? Whoa. Here we go. According to the memoirs of George Anima, in the 1920s, his dad and their neighbor, John Gelderman. Used Gelderman. To help- Gelderman, there you go. You've been frequent with those. Um, uh, his dad and their neighbor, John Gelderman, used to help each other uh, skin coyote pelts, flush out prairie dogs, or castrate pigs. Can I do all of the above? <laughs> <laughs> you live with weird people. If you say all of the above. You're probably right, but you should choose. Uh, what was the first answer? Skin coyote pelts, flush out prairie dogs, or castrate pigs. I'm going to go with uh, the first one. Coyotes. Eh, no? No, it was the weirdest one. I'm glad you guys think that's so the weirdest one. This is memoir, and he's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, they used to do it with my neighbor, but when I was 12, Dad said, it's your turn to castrate pigs. Like, that's what the memoir says. It's oh, weird. Man. In the original Log Church, the Christian Reformed Church, is that still standing? The Log Church? No, but they made a replica two years ago. Ah, okay. In the original Log Church in Nearlandia, Old man DeGroot was known for doing what during sermons? Snoring and sometimes sleep talking. Spitting tobacco through the cracks in the log floor. (laughs) Ranting about the German menace. I feel like I can't answer the third one because my wife is German. (laughs) How do they feel about that? (laughs) But you may have picked that for a reason. Uh... I'm going to go with number three. Nope. It was uh, spitting tobacco through the cracks uh, of the okay. log floor, <laughs> which That's is sweet. awesome yeah. during church. Yeah. <laughs> the old guy, uh, you can't do a thing about uh, it. That was a trick question. <laughs> All right. In 1979, getting closer now, how many Vietnamese refugees families did the Christian Reformed Church in Nearlandia sponsor? So this was the last refugee crisis that Canada was very involved in. Okay. The boat people from right. Vietnam in the oh. 70s. Was it one family, three families, or six families? I was going to go with six families, but maybe that's too much. Maybe I have too much faith in my old. <laughs> three families. It was six. Should have gone, gone with your Which gut. is so impressive. That's yeah. super generous. Like, that's a small town church being yeah. so generous to get six families. Like... My church is thinking of one. Capilano's thinking of thinking one. Of one yeah. Like to That's do six yeah. is super cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, Colin. Great work on your quiz, man. <laughs> a furrow was laid there. Did a lot better than I would. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking about Nearlandia. I appreciate that you have a perspective on it now. Yeah. It's hmm. pretty cool. I think as as I think about it, I definitely appreciate growing up in a place like Nearlandia. Mm. I think it is a good place to. I don't know, just understand um, just Christian values, really. Like, mm-hmm. um, I know there are disadvantages, but I enjoyed it. Ah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Colin. Appreciate it. We have listener mail. There you go, yeah. Jackson, hey. sing the listener mail song while I look for listener mail. I think it has words. Is that a word? They're screamo. We're modifying. Reaching out to dim- different demographics. That's our goal. Expand the bubble. <laughs> or pop it. Oh, uh, before listener mail, I did want to give an update on the bugs episode that we yeah. did. I tried not to kill bugs for like a week after because mm-hmm. I got convicted. And spiders took over my car. <laughs> no. Yeah, they made webs and stuff? They were all over. Yeah, yeah. And then I gave up. 
<laughs> so that's my update. <laughs> right. And I have a listener mail from Josh Seward. Cool. Josh Seward. Josh, yes. Uh, he emailed desiringbrethrenpodcast at gmail.com, and this is what he has to say. What's up, guys? Nice. What's up, Josh? <laughs> nice. Good response. What's up? What's up? I don't get the reference. I love Josh so much. Well, he'll understand it. Fan, Maybe it's though. an inside joke. Oh, he'll joke. get it. Okay. Geography joke. Sure. I have to be <laughs> I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely loving the podcast. So many thoughtful and important topics. Cool. We should have him on. He praised totally. us. <laughs> <laughs> In the end of the world podcast, we talked about animals. Yeah. Uh, Josh, says, I want to see my dog sooner there. Yes. That's what it was. And then whether sooner will be there. Right. As far as the <laughs> animal question, I agree with Dave. Our pets will not go to heaven. Oh. <laughs> Josh, you let me down. Animals don't have souls, but I do believe there will be animals in heaven. Interesting. Uh, there will be hints of this earthly creation. As far as the date of the end of the world, 2104, December 12th. Put it on your calendars. <laughs> He's claiming something. November 8th, 2016, U.S. Election Day. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he says If Trump loses, the world truly will end. <laughs> and then he said, Hashtag America, America. <laughs> Hashtag Make America Great Again. <laughs> Thank you for the email, Josh. No kidding. We Thanks, really man. appreciate you. Good. And uh, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, make America great again. <laughs> right, Dave? Yeah, that would be good. Right, Colin? Sure. Love America. We'll wrap it up. Yeah. I'm Tanner Hoffs. I'm David Short. I'm always third and Jackson O'Brien. <laughs> I'm Colin Gelderman. <laughs>